for I trust in thee. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk. Praise be to God, for I lift up my soul to you this morning, Lord. Lord, you're so holy. You're so righteous, God. Let us praise him with all that we are.
praise you, Father. The garden of God. crystal flowing 
And amidst the rivers, the tree of life and round about. Bears 12 manner fruit every month for the healing of the nations. He washes away every tear. All pain, sorrow flees away as we walk in the Lord. So let's look into the eyes of Jesus and listen to his voice. Yes, listen to his voice because his sheep hear his voice. And they follow him and a stranger's voice they will not follow. When I look into your eyes and I listen to your voice, then everything begins to fade away. When I come before your throne and I lift my voice in praise, then everything begins to fade away. In the light of Jesus, everything grows dim. In your light, oh Lord, there's victory over sin. In your light. There is no
And I love to worship 
my strength, my shield. You alone will my spirit yield. You alone, all my heart desire and I love to worship Thee. Yes, I love to worship Thee. Yes, I love. you this morning, God. Oh, God, you're so good, Lord. I love you so much, Father. So passionate for you, Lord. So in love with you, Father. Praise be all the name, Lord. The Lord is so beautiful. So comely. Lord, we love you so much this morning, God. Always so beautiful. Your voice, Lord, so wonderful, God. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I see. Your eyes are on this child, your grace abounds to me. I'm going to take your word and shine it all around by showing how to live it, Lord. And when I'm doing well, I will never seek for my reward is giving glory to you. nothing better in this world 
to know that you're with us, God. Oh, your presence is so sweet. Let nothing quench that spirit. I love you, Lord. So full. So full, God. I love you. I love you. Love him with all your heart. He's here. Love him with all your heart. Whisper loves to him. Tell him. Live for him. You're so worth it, God. I love you, Jesus. Aren't you in, in love with Jesus this morning? Praise God. Mm, he's so good. Praise the Lord. All the time. It's, he satisfies every need, every desire that a man can have, a woman. He's so pleasant, so beautiful, so wonderful. Hear his voice. Listen to him as he speaks. I want to welcome everybody this morning. Good to see all of you this morning. Praise the Lord. Sister Susan, good to have you this morning, Susan. What a blessing. Brother Cody. Brother Chris, hallelujah. It was good talking to you yesterday, Chris. What a blessing. I love you, brother, so much. I love all of you. Sister Joy, good to see you, Sister Joy. What a blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And good to see Carly and, uh, and Alexander. Great to have you this morning. Praise the Lord. Brother Eli, good to see you, Brother Eli. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. And uh, Sister um, Teresa, is it Teresa? No, it's not Teresa, it's Tess. Tess, right? Yes, Sister Tess. Great to have you. She was on bright and early this morning. What a blessing to have her. Thank you, Lord. Good to have you this morning. Um, you know, yesterday I got a, uh, a text from um, Brother Adam from uh, Abiding the Word, and uh, he said, would it be okay if uh, he used some of the clips from... Uh, from the video, the, the message I did on uh, on Creflo Dollar, and he did, and it was just such a blessing to to um, hear hear him back up, back it up and use a lot of the same scriptures and stuff, and uh, to just confirm that. And you know, like I was just thinking this morning, how you know we we come against those false doctrines because the Bible tells us to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but to rather expose them. We need to expose them because they're sending people to hell and. For him to come on and confirm that and, and come back with a video right after it was really good. Uh, so I want to thank him for that. That's a blessing. He asked permission. I said, of course. I said, use anything we have at your exposure because we're, it's all about winning souls. It's about helping other people, encouraging other people. It's not about our own little thing. It's we're one body in Christ. So it was a blessing. Uh, praise the Lord. So good to, good to have you at Sister, uh, Sister Lord. It's good to see you this morning too, my little sister. What a blessing to have you. Sister Michelle, good morning to you. I get a good morning and a good and a good evening. We get that from Michelle every day, and uh, what what a blessing she is to us. Thank you, Michelle, for all the encouraging things you do. Uh, Sister Barbara and Mike and Barbara, what a blessing to have you guys with us today. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. And Brother Devin, great to see you this morning. What a blessing to have you I'm all the way from. Um, Tokyo, yes, good to have you, brother. What a blessing to have you. Vladimir, great to have you back again, Vladimir, to be with us. What a blessing. Uh, John Phillips, is that John's first time with us? No, he's been with us before. John, welcome again. Thank you for coming back to be with us. 
I hope we can be a tremendous blessing to you in your life. Praise the Lord. Brother Tommy, Tommy came by the other day. We were able to anoint him with oil and pray for him for his shoulder. Please keep Tommy in prayer. What a blessing to have him. So it's good to have everyone with us this morning. Thank you, Lord. I have a very, very, I think, important message this morning for the people of God that uh, I think will uh, help you. And that's my goal is to watch out for the souls of the saints and to encourage and be a blessing to you and each and every one of you. And um, so it's a blessing to be here this morning. We had a wonderful day out yesterday, uh, out ministering on the streets. We had a lot of good, great doors and good opportunities to share. Uh, people stopping by and singing with us, praying with us, uh, prayed with a lot of them and uh, ministered to a lot of them. Uh, so it was a really, really good day, really a beautiful day to be out. Uh, you want to be part of that. Uh, it's, just a, it's just such a, a tremendous blessing. It fills my cup up when I go out there. It just uh, wears me out. I'm really tired when I get home, right, Bridget? And, uh, and, and Brother Kelly was out there yesterday and Jill was out there yesterday, all of them out there ministering the gospel. So we thank the Lord for that time. I, I, I just wouldn't want to miss it for anything. You know, so I said, well, what you, somebody might say to me, well, what, maybe you don't need to go this way. Man, I, I just, I love it. I just love it. It's just such a blessing. It, it wasn't like that at first, but as I have, and just to care about the souls and the minister, it's like part of my life I, I don't want to do without. Such a blessing. Praise the Lord. I wonder if there's any needs this morning. Anyone have any physical ailments or uh, have any needs this morning? Anyone, please. Um, I also wanted to say that Emmanuel and his wife, uh, Julia, stopped by Friday. Uh, Emmanuel's the one that has, he lost his brother. Um, he, he's deceased, and we I really had some good fellowship with him, was able to minister to um, Emmanuel and his wife um, um, when they stopped by. So really great to uh, see them. He went all the way to Arizona. And um, so we want to pray that God uh, uses him and uses his, uh, him and his wife to uh, minister there to the other folks. Uh, that are there at that funeral. So let's keep him in prayer. Uh, we want to continue to lift up uh, my brother Tommy Little uh, with the uh, with his uh, shoulder. I think he he works. He's got a, he works hard, and he um, he needs his shoulder. He needs to be. It's a very physical job that he does. And so um, please keep him in, in your prayers. Uh, he said he was feeling a lot better. Um, so we want the Lord to touch him. Anyone else? Any other any other requests you have there, Sister Bridget? Anyone you can think of that needs prayer? Michelle. I want to continue to lift up Sister Michelle. She's had a number of ailments. Um, and Susan. Yeah, you know, I just want to tell you about Michelle. Michelle, I hope you don't mind me saying this. Let me just brag on you a little bit. Uh, Michelle probably has has had more ailments than anybody in the fellowship in the past. Um, she also has a lot of attack uh, that comes at her with, um, with, with a lot of abuse. She goes through a lot. And she, I, no doubt, <laughs> when I look at the, uh, the thread that we, you know, we, we talk to each other during the day on, um, she probably posts more uh, than anyone else posts of just encouraging scriptures and encouraging things. And I've heard even some people say, well, you know, I, I don't want to hear, I don't want to be, and you might think, well, why would you say something like that? Because let me tell you something about Michelle. If anybody needs encouragement in this fellowship is Michelle. So when she's posting those things, she's not just posting it for you. She's, and I haven't talked to her about this. I just know this. 
She's posting them for herself because she needs it. And I need it. And many of you need it. And uh, so I, I just want to encourage her and I just want to encourage you to understand what goes on. A lot of people, when they put stuff out and you're thinking, well, and you th don't think selfishly because it's not about just you. It's not about what, what your agenda is. You've lost yourself in Christ, remember? You don't belong to yourself. So you really say, well, I don't want to hear all that. Or, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want, I don't want to put it. Really? I thought you lost your life. It's not about you. You don't come here and fellowship weekly because it's just about you. But when you're part of a body, you're part of a building. Jesus says that in 1 Peter chapter 2. It says you're living stones fitted together for a building of God as Christ being the chief cornerstone. When part of that, when you build a building out of stones and one stone or two stone is missing, what happens? The building becomes weak. It's not the same. Each and every one of you are needed. And each and every one of us are no, are no longer to think about ourselves, but to think of others. Philippians chapter 2 says, Let no man do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in lowliness considering others better than yourself. For if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are past, all things become new. You're no longer thinking on yourselves. Selfishness is out the window. Jesus said, if any man, Luke 9, 23, if any man will come after me, let them deny their self. Where's that at? Deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. Lose yourself. Because if you don't lose yourself, you cannot have life. You're staying on the opposite end of the cross. You've got to go through the cross. You've got to drink the cup that Jesus drank of and Paul drank of. You've got to go through it. Forget about yourself. Do the will of God. Do th bless your brethren. Put up with one another. The Bible says to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit. That means go out of your way to keep unity with one another. That wasn't on my heart this morning, but that's what God has. Because I ask God to speak whatever he has through me to help the body of Christ. So please, if you, if you focus, if you notice yourself getting a focus on you, on yourself, of what somebody else is doing or saying to you, your focus is in the wrong place. My Bible tells me to think on those things that are good and pure and honest and of good report, good virtue. Christ said he died for, he died for us, that we that live should no longer live unto ourselves, but unto him who died for us. You're not living for yourself anymore. You're living for Christ who died for you. If you can't handle that, then you're in the wrong place. Because we're not here to play church. I never will, will be and I never will. I don't care if there's one or a thousand. I will preach the same bit because I'm serving the Lord. And if I seek to please you or please men, I'm, then I'm not the servant of Christ. But I'm seeking to serve Christ. Many walk away, but they did with Jesus too. And I will never stop preaching this word of God and the pure word of God. I will never alleviate from that. I will never give you my opinion. If I give you my opinion, I'll tell you it's just my opinion. You can take it or leave it. But the word of God will stand. And that's where, I, that's where I stand, is in what God's word says. So be it as it would. Okay. Yeah. Will is asking for healing as well. Will. Okay, so we have Will, we have Tommy, we have Michelle, we have Susan, Sister Susan. Okay. Praise the Lord.
Brother Eli, would you mind lifting Izzy up? We have Will, Susan, Tommy, and um, Michelle. And who? Michelle. And Michelle. Thank you, brother. Dear Lord, thank you for the request from our brothers and sisters this morning. I want to lift up Tommy's shoulder, Lord, that you would keep it uh, in good condition so that he can do his job well. So, but whatever condition is, uh, he would do it. Work uh, as unto you, not unto men, Lord. Same for us all. I pray for my other brothers and sisters, for uh, Michelle, Lord. She would uh, keep her healthy, Lord. Um, who was the other, the other two? Uh, Will, Michelle, Tommy, and Susan. Okay. Now I pray for Will and Susan, God, that you would keep them healthy in mind and body, Lord, so that they can serve you with all their ability and that you would give them more grace as they, uh, as they obey you with all that they have, Lord, that you would add, add to, their, uh, to their obedience, Lord, and just help them to have all the means that they can have to bless others around them and they can bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Eli. I appreciate that prayer, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you. May the Lord heal them and help them, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I want to talk to you about a couple of things this morning. I want to start off talking, um, and I'm going to, it's, as the Lord, the Holy Spirit did me, I'm going to shift it with you as we go, but there will be a little bit of a shift as we go. But I want to start off, and I want to talk about um, some things that I've noticed in, in, um, in the fellowship and with people that seem to affect them in their relationship with Christ. And some of you it will apply and some of you it may not. But I want to go there so that at least you know um, what, what's going on here and you, you walk with this. Um, I want to start off by going to the book of Luke chapter 10, please. We've talked about this before, but in the context of what we're talking about this morning, I, I need to bring this out to a clear context and show you what's going on here. Um, Luke chapter 10 is a very, very good chapter. It's when the lawyer comes to Jesus and asks him what he must do to have eternal life. And um, Jesus asks him the question, what is written in the law? Um, you know, I don't think you'd ever get an answer like that today if you went to people that called themselves Christians and you'd ask them, what do I need to do to have eternal life? I don't think anyone would ever ask you, well, what is written in the law? But Jesus did. And, um, he's, and the, man, the man answers him, and um, he says, this is the answer. Thou shalt, verse 27, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you've answered right, this do, and you shall live. He gave the right answer. My goal is that each one of you fall in love with Jesus so much that he is, takes up all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your body, and all of your strength. That's my goal for each of you. And it has been for myself as well. And I, I feel that I have done that. Um, okay, Lord, the Lord shifted me in a different direction now as I'm going. 
I want to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is about the gifts of the Spirit. He talks about that there were spiritual gifts that were given throughout the body, and each of you have a gift from the Lord. Praise the Lord. Some have one gift, some have another. Some may have the gift of healing, some may have the gift of prophecy, some may have a gift of help, some may have the gift of all these different gifts, because that is what the Lord is giving you to be part of the body, to help the body. And he talks about this pretty, pretty exclusively in 1 Corinthians 12. And he really comes, comes and shares on it strongly. But then when he gets to the last verse in chapter 12, he makes a profound statement. Years ago, one time I was down working in a construction job. And I was, at that time, I was building swimming pools. And I was down in the bottom of the pool. And I kept hearing that just kept going through my mind. I show into you a more excellent way. I show into you a more excellent way. And it just kept echoing. I couldn't get it out of my mind. I show into you a more excellent way. It took a long time for me to register. I guess I'm kind of slow. But it took a while for me to understand what the Lord was really trying to show me. Because there's, there's two ways. And I'm going to show you what, what, what we're talking about here. There's two ways to come to the Lord and really be able to walk or want to walk in Him. He says in verse 1 of chapter 13, he says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and I don't have love. That word charity there is actually the word love. And if I don't have love, I'm become as a sounding brass or tink, tinkle, tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. You mean you could have all these things and still not have love? But you, but you don't have anything, he said, if that be the case. And though I bestow all my goods, Terry, everything I own, like the rich young ruler he told you, though I do it to feed the poor, good motivation, and though I give my body to be burned, and I have not love, it profits me nothing. When I first was in the Word and I began to see about living a holy life, of sin stopping, of being perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, like Matthew 5.48 or John 14.23 that said, if you love me, you'll obey me. You'll keep my commandments. You'll obey my commandments. And I and my Father will come and make our abode in him. And I began to go through the scriptures, you know, and seeing all the different scriptures about sin stopping, my immediate response to that by saying, by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil, evil like, like Psalm 711. My immediate response was to, to stop sinning. So I began to go at it with all my heart to stop sinning. Rightly so. The word said in Hebrews 12, 4, you have not yet resisted sin to the shedding of blood. But I want you to notice something here that Paul says, I'm going to show you a more excellent way. After he talks about the gifts and after he talks about all this, he's saying this, I'm showing you a more excellent way. You mean there's more than one way? Yes. Which way do you want to take? I see a lot of people that they see that, and as myself was, and they see that and they go on a, on a venture and a journey on trying to stop sinning. Rigorous journey. And they understand a lot of scriptures, 
but they end up with an intellectual relationship with Jesus Christ a lot of times instead of a spiritual loving relationship with Jesus Christ. What Paul is trying to say, you can write this down, you don't have to turn there. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6, it says, Neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith working through love. Right? I'm going to give you another one that says almost the same thing. It really actually says the same thing, but I'm going to give it to you in a different way. It's 1 Corinthians 7, 19, if you want to write that one down. He says, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth anything. Same word so far. But the keeping of the commandments of God. Amen. You know what they're saying? The same thing. What? Yes. Because when it's faith working through love, love is what the, that man, that lawyer said, was the keeping of the law. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength is to keep and obey the commandments of God. You can't do it without obeying the commandments of God. That's the excellent way on your journey. The quickest way to get there on your journey. I show to you a more excellent way. The way of falling in love with Jesus with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. You say, well, how do I fall in love with Jesus like this? Good question. Thank you. You spend your time with him. Some of you may have had a relationship in the past with a, and you courted a woman that you're really crazy about or a man. And all you could think about was that woman or that man. Your mind was filled with that because you felt like you were so in love with him. That's all you could think about. Because it was you were loving them in the capacity that you knew to love them. Of course, they became an idol in your life. That was not the right way. But I'm trying to show you how, how love stems. It must be free of distractions. In order to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He must become everything to you. We talk about the scripture in Matthew chapter, chapter 24, sorry, chapter 13, that says, again, I so, show you the kingdom of God is likened to a merchant who seeks goodly pearls. And when he finds that one of great price, he goes and sells, right? Yes. He does something. He sells all the other pearls that he may purchase that one great pearl because he sees how valuable that one pearl is. How beautiful that one pearl is. How comely the Lord is so beautiful. He is that pearl. And if you haven't sold out everything else yet, if you're still trying to find your joys and ecstasies and things of this world, then you have not found the pearl of great price yet. But keep in mind what the, what the one says in Matthew 13. He says, it's like one seeking. You must seek the pearl of great price 
in order to find the great pearl of great price. If you're not seeking it and you're still seeking the world, you will never find the pearl of great price. What am I trying to do here? I'm trying to get you single-minded. Okay? Single-minded. We're talking about single-minded? Let's go to single-minded. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Jesus makes another profound statement. Listen to what he says. Listen to what he's saying to you this morning and examine your own hearts to see if this is true for you. He says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse, well, let's just start it out here, verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. You know what everybody does nowadays? They lay up for themselves treasures here on earth. Because that's going to be the temptation to go against what Jesus said. Lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth erupt, where thieves break through and steal. You can easily lose it all. You can't take anything with you. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven is what Jesus is pleading with. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. It's safe there. Now, there we go. See, he says, for where your treasure is, there's where your heart is. It's easy to see where a person's treasure is by looking at their life and seeing what they're doing, what they're going after, because that's their treasure. That's where their heart's at. But look what he says. The light of the body is the eye. It's the window of your soul, your eye. It's the light of your body, what you see with, what you comprehend with, with what you see, where you're focused, your eye. And he says here, if therefore your eye be single. Now those I talk to don't say anything. But what do you think the word single means? If your eye be single, somebody? Focused on one thing. That would be our normal way of thinking it. You're right. Good also. Huh? If your eye is good, I mean that's... If it's what? Good. Okay. If you look it up in the Strong's and look at the really Greek word of single, it means to be united with. To be in union with, totally absorbed with. That's the word single. It's not just that you're just focused on one. That's good too. That's true too. But he goes deeper than that. The Lord wants you to be one with him. That was his prayer in John 17, right? Go with me to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. 
Jesus saying in verse 20 of John chapter 17, he said, this is a prayer that he's praying. He's making a prayer for you and I. Wow. He's praying for me. He's praying for you, Roy. He's praying for you, Brother Larry. Christ is praying. In verse 20, and in verse 21, he says, this is what he's praying for. That they all may be one. As thou, Father, art in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us. That is union with God. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Verse 23. I in them, you in me, and they may be perfect in one, so that the world may know that you've sent me and has loved them as thou hast loved me. Hallelujah. That's the desire of the Lord. Is that your desire? Are you one with the Lord now? I want you to turn with me while we're in the book of John to John chapter 8. And go with me to verse 12. Who is the light of the world? Okay. John chapter 12 speaks so. Jesus answered him and said, saying, I am the light of the world. Of course, we know John chapter 3 verse 18 through 21 says that this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. They were sin. And they would not come to the light. They hated the light and would not come to the light lest their deeds be exposed. But those that walk in the light come to the light that they see that the works are wrought through God. But here he says, Jesus spake again and said to them, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of, the, of life. Now go with me to Matthew chapter 5. And verse 14. Who is the light of the world? Jesus. Huh? Jesus. We are. Come on. Yes. Got you on that one, Kelly. <laughs> you weren't wrong. <laughs> You're right. He's in us. But there's more. Verse 14. We are the light of us. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. If you're walking in darkness, if you still have sin, are you the light of the world? Cannot be. If you are not in union with God and one with him, can you be the light of the world? No. If you have an intellectual relationship with God and you're really trying to quit sinning, maybe you've done a good, a good job at quit sinning. Are you the light of the world? Can't be. There will always be something that will come up. Why? What does love do? Go with me to Romans chapter 13. You are the light of the world when you are in union with God, and that is his desire. Why is love the excellent way? 
Verse 8 says, chapter 13 of Romans says, Owe no man anything but to love one another. That's what we owe one another. For he that had loved another hath fulfilled the law or established or completed the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. If there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, saying namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love does not work any ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. He's telling you here that when you fall in love with Jesus, and when you fall in love with Jesus, something else happens. Go with me to 1 John chapter 5. Falling in love with Jesus, then you will love the brethren, and you will love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and it is impossible. The scripture you just read says it's impossible for you to sin, to break sin. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4 says, is the transgression of the law to break God's commandment is what sin is. Here in 1 John chapter 5, verse 2, says, by this we know that we love the children of God. How do you know that you're loving your brothers or your sisters? You hear people all the time say, man, I love you, man. Oh, really? Let's see what it says. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God. And what? Keep, obey, keep, or obey his commandments. If you're telling me you love me, or you love God, and you're not obeying his commandments, my, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 4, says the one who says, I know him and does not obey his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. You must fall in love with the Lord, vehemently, passionately in love with the Lord. With all your heart. Okay, let's go back to, Mark, to Luke chapter 10 now. Let's try this again. Luke 10. We're going to step it down a little bit further. After the man said this about love, love and loving the Lord and fulfilling the law, we're going to go down to a story here. There were three in a family, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, all one family. It's amazing, Sister Bridget, they had three of them that actually believed the Lord in one family. Wasn't that tremendous? And these people were dedicated to the Lord. But one of them, well, she had, was kind of distracted from the Lord by other things. And the Lord points that out very clearly of, how, of what distractions can do to you. They had invited Jesus over to eat. And as they were getting, getting things ready, I guess they were eating, they were coming together anyway. Uh, Jesus was sitting down with some that were there and he was teaching them and sharing with them. Beautiful. Well, Lazarus' sister, Martha's sister, was called Mary, and Mary sat there listening to Jesus at his feet, wanting to absorb every word that he said because she was in love with Jesus. The Bible says that Martha was cumbered about, busy, troubled, distracted from Jesus. 
by doing what she was doing. Seemingly a good thing to a lot of people. It would be the right thing for a lot of people to say, well, that's the right thing to do. And she goes to Jesus. And she says, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm busy with all this stuff. And, and, and she says, says to Jesus, he entreated him and said to him, Lord, verse 40, don't you care that my sister, Mary, is not helping me? He's left me to serve alone. All this work to do. All by myself. What's important to you? What's important to you? And I say this often. Somebody says, well, I don't have time. I didn't have time last night to come to fellowship. Or I didn't have time to read my Bible. Or I didn't have time to pray like I really do. I don't have time to put the Lord on my mind all the time. Really? Yeah, I'm too busy serving other things. Like Martha. Mm -hmm. To the world, what, would they think Martha's doing the right thing? To the world, would they would think Martha's doing the right thing and Mary's doing the wrong thing. I mean, come on. Yeah. She's a woman. She's supposed to be helping us. She's supposed to be doing all this, this stuff. One time, I, that's what, how, how I was raised. One time I was here and we were upstairs and, and I was washing the dishes. And my daddy told me, my father told me, he says, come to the house. He says, what are you doing? I said, I'm washing the dishes. He said, that's not your job. That's for your wife to do. I said, no. I said, that's not for my wife to do. Who said that? I said, I do, we do whatever. It's not the wife's job. I don't know where that came from, but anyway, I threw it in there. But that's the way the world thinks. Yeah. The men are there, they're listening to Jesus. All the men are there. The women have got to go wait on the men, right? You got to go fix something. You got to go get some drinks. You got to go do this, do that. Wait on the men. That's the natural thing people think. But, but here Mary is. Martha comes to Jesus. And first of all, she's going to tell Jesus. Well, look, look what she says. Tell her or bid her, which is the same thing as tell her, tell her to come help me. Imagine that telling Jesus what to do. She felt justified in her anxiety, in her anger, in her discontentment, in her distraction from the Lord to have the audacity to come Jesus to Jesus and tell him to tell my sister, get over here and help me. I don't know about you, but I can hear it. I, I've heard that so many times in my life of people doing that same thing. But listen to what Jesus said. It's highly esteemed among men. is an abomination in the sight of the Lord. The natural mind doesn't understand the things of the Lord. I want to talk to you this morning somewhat about distractions. I've seen so many people, including myself in the past, be distracted from my walk in the Lord because of someone or something or whatever it might be and have actually end up falling away. Because I really wasn't all in. I want you to get all in. I want you to fall so in love with Jesus that he encumbers every thought, everything that you do all day long, that you're talking to him. And you have a continual 
continual conversation with God all the time. I quit saying amen to prayers. I just keep them going all day long. Keep them going. The Bible says to pray without ceasing. Paul, look at his letters to every church. I pray for you night and day without ceasing. His mind was on the Lord continuously. He said, well, I got to think about different things. Sure you do, but you can think about the Lord with it. You can pause a moment. You can tell him your love for him. You can speak to him as he waits there to, to talk with you and to, to love you and you to love on him. Jesus gave Martha some good counsel. What does he say to her in verse 41? Martha, Martha, you're distracted. You're anxious. You're upset. And you're troubled about many things. It wasn't just that was this that was on her heart. She had other things too that she was distracted and troubled about. He knew it. This is the most profound, one of the most profound, I say it all the time. But this statement, guys, this is a good statement. Listen to what he said. One thing is needful. Get it down. Get it, guys. One thing is needful. That's all. Not two, not three, not all that other stuff. One thing. If you, what did he say? Seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness, Amen. all that other stuff would be taken care of. That's right, that's right, that's right. Did he promise that? Yes. All that other stuff would be taken care of. Yes, yes, and it works. I, single, united in Christ. One thing's needful, Martha. This isn't just for Martha. You might be a Martha. Mm -hmm. And he's speaking to you this morning. One thing is needful. Take care of business. Take care of what business is calling for. The one thing that's needful. But one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen. She made the right choice. Every one of you have a choice to make. It's not my choice. I can't make you do it. If I could, I would. Because I love you. But I can't. God's not going to make you do it. Somebody said, well, if the Lord has it. No, the Lord does have it. Somebody said, well, the Lord's got to give it. The Lord has given you the victory. It's your choice to draw near to him and have him draw near to you. If you're not doing it, he's not going to do it. He's not going to repent for you. He's not going to draw close to you if you don't draw close to him. Your choice. Mary's choice. Martha's choice. Mary made the right choice. Martha made the wrong choice. Mary had chosen that thing that cannot be taken from her. Lay not up treasures here on earth where rust and dust does corrupt. But lay your treasures up in heaven where it won't. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Amen. It can't be taken from you. It's eternal. The treasure of the kingdom of God is eternal. She chose to fall in love with Jesus with all of her heart. So much so, forget about everything else. I've got to get to him. I've got to get to him. 
Don't distract me. I, 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 my eyes are on him. I got to be united with him. I got to get first things first. I got to be united with Christ. I got to hear his words. I got to get that what can't be taken away from me. That's the most important thing. I got to get it. You know, it's the worst thing if you think you got it and you don't. I want to tell you, how do you know you got it? You have perfect peace? Do you have perfect peace? Be honest with yourself. Do you really? Or do you get upset sometime? Or do you get anxious and you come out on somebody else to try to get them to do what you think you ought, they ought to do because you're all anxious and you're trying to do like Martha? Are you at perfect peace? Do you have joy that no man can take away? Are you joyful? Are you depressed? And you're upset? This is doing this to you. That one's doing that to you. Do you have that? Because if you don't, you don't have it. You're Martha. How do you get it? Draw near to me. And I'll draw near to you. One thing. One thing <laughs> is needful. Yes. That's it. Yes. One thing is needful. He said, well, I got to plan for my retirement. I got to make the money. I got to do this. I got to do that. Man, get off of it. Give me a scripture here that talks about retirement. I'll give you one. You know which one it was? I'll give you a scripture. It was a man. He had, he had worked and worked and he had filled up a bunch of barns with all his stuff. He said, I know what I'll do. I'm going to retire. I'm going to build one big barn and I'm going to take all that stuff in those little barns and put it in one big barn and I'm going to sit back and I'm going to say, eat, drink, and be merry. As soon as he did it, he died. It was over with. Because man in his vanity thinks he's going to do that. I tell you what, I'm going to retire when I get there. I don't care about no retirement. I don't care about no big saving. I don't have it. I don't, I don't have any life insurance. I don't have any insurance on my house. I don't need all that kind of stuff. My God, God, He's at my assurance. Trust Him. Because I want His will. If He wants this house to burn, I want it to burn. If He wants to get rid of something, He wants me to live under a bridge, I want to live under a bridge. Because my will is resigned to His. That's what He wants you to do. You say, whoa, Brother John, you're going too far now. Oh, really? I don't belong to me. I belong to him. That's right. And I'd rather be in his hands than anybody's hands. I'd rather delight him and walk righteously and let the cares of this world. Hmm, I did all that. I, I gave it all my, my life. I wasted so much time and messed up so long. I had enough. I lived for him all the way. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. We've been talking about distractions for a little while now because it's so important. Because I want you to come to that place where you are no longer distracted, but you're fully in with the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 is an interesting chapter. Paul is addressing people married, people that seemingly want to get married, people that may have trouble in the flesh, uh, how to regard and how to conduct yourself in your marriage uh, concerning divorce, 
the separation. He talks about that. He talks about all these things in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. But I want to focus on one particular part of chapter 7 because I'm really not wanting to go into all the rest of it, but I want to show you something here that I feel is, is very, very important. I want you to go to verse 32 with me, if you would. <clears throat> Paul starts off here. He's actually talking about married men and married women and what happens to them, and he's warning them and trying to minister some facts and, and correction in this. He says, first in verse 32, he says, I would, I, I would have you without carefulness or free from concern. He that is unmarried care, cares or is concerned for the things that belong to the Lord. How he may please the Lord. I'm, let me just stop there just a moment. I've seen people that they weren't married. Now he's talking here. He's not talking to worldly people. He's talking to people that love the Lord with all their heart and that are dedicated to God and he's giving a, a stern warning to them. He said, when you weren't married, you were so on fire for the Lord that all you cared about was pleasing God and walking in holiness. Now, I've seen people come here that really they were single and that all they were interested in was pleasing God and doing the will of God. And then I've seen them begin to court someone else and suddenly a turn came in their, in their life. Yeah. And today they're not even here. And I want to show you why and what to, be beware, what to beware of. And I'm talking to married people also in this because I want you to see this of how to conduct yourself with your mate. If you have an unbelieving mate or even a believing mate, how and what Paul says about how to conduct yourself in the Lord to be pleasing to the Lord. Okay. He said, he that is unmarried cared for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. Verse 33. He says here, but he that is married cares or is concerned for the things that are of the world. Worldly things. How he may please his wife. We've got a problem there. There is a difference also between a wife and a virgin or a wife or, some, or someone um, unmarried. The unmarried woman care, cares or is concerned um, for the things of the Lord that she may be holy, both in body and in spirit. Wow, very good. But she that is married cares or is concerned for the things of the world how she may please her husband. He's, Paul has made an observation. Paul was not married. But he's made an outside observation of what was going on and through the Lord is trying to give some instruction here. He said, I'm speaking these things to you for your good. A prophet. Not that I may cast a snare which means to not that I'm trying to restrict you, but that, but that which is comely or for your benefit. I'm saying these things not to make it strict for you, but I'm saying these things for your own benefit is what Paul is saying. And that you may attend unto the Lord without 
distraction. He said, I'm saying these things for your own profit, for your own good, not to restrict you, but that, but for that which is comely for your benefit, that you may attend upon the Lord without distraction, so that you have undistracted devotion to the Lord. He's telling you that are married to be as though you're not married. I've had people come to me in passing with this scripture and tell me, well, the Lord was getting ready to come back, so Paul was telling him to do this. Doesn't say that. He's telling you, he's telling everyone this because he saw just what we see. We see people get distracted by many things, and especially with a husband, a wife, or a girlfriend or boyfriend, and we see them suddenly get away from God. Now, I had a particular individual. He was fellowshipping all the time. He was reading his Bible, telling me how often he read his Bible. Praying, wanted to have prayer meetings all the time. Speaking to the brethren all the time, wanted to be ministering all the time, out street preaching all the time, doing this all the time. He was devoted to the Lord. But then a woman came in his life. All of that stuff began to slack. I went to him and I told him, I said, listen, God is a jealous God. You gave him all this time. Now you're taking this time that you gave him and you're giving it to somebody else. God is not pleased with you. Many of you came into your marriages and you weren't right yourself with the Lord. So you got married to someone that you had no business getting married to. Because they were not in Christ. Neither were you. So now you have to go back and you have to, you went, you, you go, you went back and you made things right with God. This is God's heart right here that he speaks to you. You cannot be distracted with your husband or your wife. Your devotion is to God. Don't let your husband or your wife move you outside of Christ. You must have that time. Somebody, my husband's about, oh, she needs to submit to me. She needs to submit to me. No, she does not need to submit to you when you are not speaking from the word of God, when you are speaking for, for your own selfishness and trying to get her out of fellowship or out of prayer. She needs to listen to God. Acts chapter four says it's better to obey God than it is to obey your husband or a man. You need to be obedient to the Lord. And that's what Paul is warning about. Don't be distracted by that. Love your husband. Love your wife. Husbands, love your wives even as you loved your own body and, gave, and, and, and love, love, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, just like you, you do with many others, but even more so with your wife. Yes. But don't be distracted from your walk in the Lord. Don't let anything slow that walk down with the Lord. That's what he says. I'm telling you these things, he said, for your own benefit. Because if you let that person that's not in Christ come at you and keep you from doing what you must do in the Lord and listening to the Lord, then he will distract you or she will distract you and you will find yourself in a fallen state. 
I was in a relationship a long time ago, it wasn't Jill, and I was in a marriage, unfortunately. And uh, I was walking in all the truth I knew. I was walking in the holies I knew. And the woman committed adultery on me. And I asked her, why did she do that? And she says, because you spent so much time praying, reading the word, going to fellowship, that you neglected your time with me. And, you, and, uh, and, and so I just found somebody else. Well, I tried to make it work. So what did I do? I slacked up with the Lord. I got distracted with her. And I fell away. One of the most devastating mistakes I've ever done in my life. Don't ever, you even hear those words from someone, let them know, I will never, never stop my attendance to the Lord. I will walk with my Lord. The Bible says this in, um, in the book of Isaiah 26.3, you'd all know the scripture. Perfect peace will I give to him whose mind is stayed on your wife. Is that what it says? Did I miss something there? Or your husband? No. Perfect peace will I give to him whose mind is stayed on me. Where is your mind? What are you thinking about? Because I saw that person. All they could think about was the other. Yeah. Another person. You can't have the peace then. Mm -mm. You don't have the peace. Who's your Lord? Who's your Lord? Who's your master? Another person? If I seek to please men, Paul said, I'm, I'm not the servant of Christ. Well, you mean that includes my husband and wife? That's right. Can't have two masters. When it comes to, you can, you can be pleasing to him and things, but not when it comes to walking with the Lord. You be pleasing to the Lord. Amen. I don't care. Some men say, well, they're mad at me. Well, don't be mad at me. That's just what the Word of God says. You can be mad at me. I don't care. But I'm going I'm to I'm instruct your wife and I'm going to instruct you men to, that the Lord is it, the number one. If your husband or your wife comes to get you and tries to get you to slow down in any kind of way from walking with the Lord, you tell him it's not going to happen. Your dedication is to the Lord. The religious world out there, all these false and fake churches, they'll tell you, oh, you just got to do, oh, you just got to spend more time, you just got to do this and just all this stuff. No, that's not what the Word of God says. You see it right here. Paul says, those who are married, be as though you're not married. Yes. That doesn't mean go out and hustle other women or something. Of course you don't know. He's talking to people that are in Christ. He's talking to people that are dedicated to Christ. Yes. And he's telling them, don't be distracted by anything. Because we read the scriptures, it's not only the husband and wife. It's all the other things too that we've seen. Don't let yourself be distracted by that. Those are just things that are going to pass away. What did he say in Colossians chapter 3? Look at there. Book of Colossians. Somebody says, well, I got some questions about that. Yeah, we hold them till Wednesday night. 
because <laughs> we got to go through this. <laughs> I want to get through. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Here's your instruction. Set your affections where? Things above. Things on the world? No. Husband and wife? No. Where are you going to set your affections? My Bible says set them on things above. Oh, but the, but the married wife cares about the husband, how she may please the husband, but with the, it cares about the world. Cares about the world, how she may please her husband, the things of the world. That's not, what does the Bible say? Set your affections on things above. That's where my heart's at. My heart's in love with Jesus. It's where all my affection is. Do I love my wife? I love my wife. Do we have a good relationship? We have a wonderful relationship. Do we argue? We, don't, we never really argue. Ask her. Does she believe I live holy without sin? Absolutely. I believe she lives holy without sin? Absolutely. Does it work? You know what? The Word of God works. It works. Follow it. It works. It worked in our life. Were we always like this? Absolutely not. <laughs> you get two selfish people together and living together, you got a real problem there, Brother Terry. But when they fall in love with Jesus, she understands my love for the Lord. And she loves me because she loves the Lord. She loves me. She watches me pray. She watches me read my Bible. She comes out there and street preaches with me. She's right there by my side. She says, I love having a husband like you. I'd never want to be with another man because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want somebody that wouldn't be so in love with the Lord like you. Ask her. Not both of them myself. That just, that's just our relationship. I think the same thing with her. That's how our relationship has to be, Sister Bridget. Sister Zalinda. When it's beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. Bible says he that finds a wife finds a good thing. But what kind of wife must he find? He goes out and find him a whore. He didn't find him a good thing. Now to find a good, a virtuous woman like Proverbs 31. Yes. Amen. Yes. That's what these women are. They, they, they virtue, they, they Proverbs 31 women. Virtuous women in the Lord. Beautiful in the Lord. Hebrews chapter 12. The excellent way. Falling in love with Jesus. And brother, brother Kelly and I was singing that song this morning. And I keep falling in love with him over and over again. It just gets better and better as the day goes by. I'm Brother, I'm brother Kelly. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hebrews 12. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses all the angels, all the people around us are watching our lives, brethren. Let us lay aside every weight, every distraction, every entertainment. I'm not saying this to make it hard. It's not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying there's something far better, guys. It's way better in the Lord. Every weight in the sin which does so easily beset you but let us run with patience the race that's set before us. You can't run a race if you load it down.
with the cares of this world and the distraction. You must, you must put them off. Looking who? To your wife? <laughs> to your girlfriend? To what you call your problem? To nobody helping you serve? Now, who are you looking to? I'm looking at Jesus. Who's Mark Mary looking at? He's looking at Jesus. The beginner and the finisher of your faith. How beautiful is the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go with me to John chapter 10, please. I love John chapter 10. He talks about his sheep. He talks about being the good shepherd. Wonderful, wonderful words of the Lord in John chapter 10. Praise the Lord. Verse 30. Jesus said this, very short, simple scripture. I and my Father are one. Jesus said, I do nothing except the Father do it to me. Jesus wants that relationship with you, where you will say, I and Jesus are one. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. But Christ lives in me. I'm one. He lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise the Lord. Paul wrote to the Colossian church. He says, there's a mystery that's been hidden from ages and from generations. In verse 25 through 27, if you want to go back and read it. He said, here is the mystery. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, oneness with Christ. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 that darkness and light cannot dwell together you're either in the light and your eye is single being one with Christ or you still have darkness John, John 14 while we're right close to it go there this is a scripture that is very confused to some people they'll hold the oneness doctrine and use this sister Linda I'm sure you've heard it Jesus says in verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And um, he says, if you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and you've seen him. Wow. Wow. Philip, man, wait a minute. You said we've seen the Father? Philip says to him, Lord, show us the Father. And we'll be, we'll be happy, we'll be satisfied if you do that. And Jesus said to him, 
Have I been this long with you guys? And you don't know me, Philip? Some say, well, see there, Jesus is saying he's the Father. Wait a minute. He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how do you say, show us the Father? And Jesus answers, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? That's how you've seen the Father. Someone could say, well, if I could just see Jesus, could you say, have I been so long with you that you haven't seen Jesus? Because when you see me, you see Jesus. Because I and Jesus are one. Jesus is in me, and I am in him. Same thing. You see that? That's what he's saying. That's all that he's saying. And that was his desire for you. That you only speak the words that God gives you to speak. That you only do the things that God has you to do, like it says in Isaiah 58. That you hear his voice, and you speak what he says. He said, I speak not of myself, but the Father that lives in me, he's doing the works through me. So that the Father could be glorified. Fall in love with Jesus with no distractions. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The world doesn't see that. Cannot see it. I explained it the best that I knew to explain it this morning. This message this morning is probably one of the most important messages you will ever hear. Why? Because it's the most excellent way for you to find that place in Christ, to be seated with Him in heavenly places. And to be pleasing to him that when you enter to a judgment and you go before God, if you'll do this and follow this excellent way, the way of love in Christ. It's not the love like the world talks about. It's a passionate love in, with Jesus. And sometimes those words that you could do, could say, could even be seeming to others harsh. But you're so in love with Jesus that he will say when you come before judgment, he will say like he did with his son to John, to John and Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration. He will say, this is my beloved son, hear ye him. But when you get before judgment, the Lord will say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Those are the words that I want to hear. And I think every one of you want to hear. We know also in Matthew chapter 7 that there will be some that they will hear words also when they come before judgment. Those will not be words that will be welcomed by those that hear it. When they begin to say that, Lord, have we not cast out devils, done many miracles, prophesied in your name? And he will say to them, depart from me. I never knew you. How do you know Christ? How do you know God? Bible says in Genesis chapter 4, and Adam knew Eve. Yeah. How did he know Eve and had a child? There was intimacy. Yeah. 
between there has you have to find that place of intimacy between you and the Lord. It's gonna it's gonna take everything you have, but it's all worth it. But to those that are that say those things, he will say, Depart from me, you workers of sin. I never knew you. Follow the excellent way in the Lord. At this time, we're going to have communion. We'll all stand. If you're on Zoom or YouTube, please join us with communion. A very important time that we come together to break bread together in the Lord and in our love feast. Jesus said, often as you come together to eat his body and drink his flesh. So let us stand. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you said that uh, through Peter the Apostle, you said to us who believe that you are precious. And Lord, you are precious. We love you with all that we are, God. We've left everything, God. Our whole, whole life, God, to follow you because we love you and because of who you are. Let us always be pleasing in your sight because that is our greatest joy, God. And in remembrance of you, God, and what you did, Lord, we come together to eat your body and drink your blood, your word, Father. As you were with your disciples, Father, in that room the day before you were going to be turned over, Lord, to be crucified, you lifted up the bread you said, this is my body that I give for you. Take this and eat it, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. After you had taken the bread, he took the cup. And he said, this is my blood that I give for you, for the remission of your sins. Thank you, Father, for doing that. For shedding your blood, Thank you. and we can be forgiven. Let us drink together. I want you to understand something. The Lord said, "Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you'll have no part of me." Had some say, well, I'm not going to take communion because I feel like there's some things in my life that need to be dealt with. Let me tell you something. Deal with those things. Get them right. Confess your sin and forsake it. And get things right with God before it's too late. And that tells you that. I want to say this last thing before we go on.
perhaps there's somebody that's new here with us today or somebody maybe has been here and just hadn't come to that place yet. I spoke a very important message this morning through the Holy Spirit. And I pray that it dealt with you. And my hopes are that you would see that you missed this. That maybe you were like me and you tried to um, do what God said. And that's good. That's a good thing. That's a good start. But maybe you're also seeing that you don't have that relationship with him. You don't have that love relationship with him. You've got other things going on. Let me urge you this morning to cry out to God. You say, well, I've already repented. It's about even repenting of not loving him like that. Cry out to God. Commit your works, the Bible says, unto the Lord, and he will establish your thoughts, the scripture says. Commit to the Lord. Commit that time to talk to him. To speak to him. Not just to listen to videos or listen to messages or listen to somebody else or talk to other brothers. Those are all good. And I encourage them. But you got to have that relationship with him. People will call me and they have needs and stuff. And sometimes I'll tell them, I'll say, listen, I'll, I'll call you back right now. I'm, I'm spending time with the Lord. I need this time alone with the Lord. I tell my wife that. I've got to spend this time with the Lord. Excuse me. It's got to be time for God. Take that time out. And you'll begin to hear his voice call you at times and say, come, come. I hear him. Go. Listen to him. Love on him. Just love on him. Cuddle with him. See yourself in his holding him and him holding you. His desires toward you. He wants it even more than you do. Come to him and love on him. with me and just go to the Lord. Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I see. For when your eyes are on your grace abound to me. I'm going to take your word and pine it all around by showing how to live it, Lord. And as I'm doing well, I will never seek a crown for my reward is giving glory to you. 
to be with all of you this morning my fellow brethren fellow soldiers in Christ love you guys appreciate you I hope this morning was a blessing to you I hope it will help you in your journey in Christ and that you'll walk closer to the Lord than ever before that's my desire that you will walk so close that something will stimulate you to say all I want is you Jesus all I want to think about. I just want to love on you always. Let that journey begin. I love you guys. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. And let the Lord's light shine through you. For you are the light of the world. Go, my brethren. And walk with Him. Be an example. Men, we're going to have a fellowship tomorrow night at 7 p.m. I want to see you guys there. I'd love to have you there. If you need a link to the fellowship, be on time. It's the same link that you come on on Zoom. But if you don't have that link, we'll be glad to send it to you. Just send us a message and we'll take care of it. Okay, you can put a message on the message board right now. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Uh, we'll also be meeting Wednesday night for everyone. We'd love to see you there. Appreciate you. Good to have all of you. Cody, great to see you again. Brother Leyland, I see you came in. Good to see you too. Praise the Lord. All of you, brethren, praise God. Hallelujah. I think I said hello to old Mike. Good to see you, Brother Mike. Michelle, yes. Uh, amen. Terry Rowland. Okay. Praise God. I'm glad that you were blessed, Terry. Good. I thank you for that note. Brother Graham, how you doing, brother? Good to see you. I love you, brother. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes, we must keep striving and we must fall in love with Jesus. To strive to enter in. You're right. Hello, Brother Jason. Good to see you. May God bless you, brother. Great, great to have you today. Thank you, Lord. Vladimir, great to have you again, brother. Great. I'm so happy to have you back. Thank you, Lord. Michelle, yes, of course. Anyone else that I hadn't mentioned yet today? Praise the Lord. Huh? That's it. And be sure and keep Daniel in prayer also. Uh, he's uh, very sick right now. I forgot to mention him this morning, but please mention him in prayer. Brother Adam, good to see you. Praise the Lord. Welcome. Great to have you guys today. Thank you, Lord. And of course, Will, I didn't get to welcome you this morning. Stephanie. Oh, Stephanie must uh, know. Maybe she knows better than me. Okay. Stephanie, great to have you. Welcome. I hope we were a blessing to you today. What a blessing to have you, all of you.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, Barbara, good to see you again. Devin, of course. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. And we'll see you men tomorrow night and everyone Wednesday night. Thank you for being here today. Be blessed. Have a great day, Kelly. You too, Layla. God bless. It's such a blessing, you guys. <laughs>